Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi again, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Good morning. And joining us in this edition is Ken Pyle, Managing Editor of VOD View and VOD TV, covering autonomous vehicles and new mobility. Thanks so much for joining us, Ken. Well, thank you, Fred, and thank you, Alan. Nice to have you, Ken. Well, last night at a senior center in San Jose, the Winchester Neighborhood Action Coalition held a meeting to hear from city officials and representatives of Bosch and Mercedes about plans for autonomous vehicle testing. Ken, you are on hand. Actually, you're part of the coalition, and we're going to let you set the stage for us about this. Okay, well, I don't want to go back too far, but uh, really this stems from, you know, four or five years ago when we uh, recognized that the goal of our area is, uh, you know, how do we improve the quality of life uh, by using innovation? And we are right in the heart of Silicon Valley, um, about three miles from downtown, three and a half miles from downtown. Another three and a half miles on the other side is uh, Apple with its uh, uh, campus there. And one of the things that we saw was autonomous vehicles could really be a game changer. And just a quick background on the history of Silicon Valley back in the fifties, land used to be cheaper here than it was, you know, in other places, it's hard to believe. And so what occurred was sprawl throughout the uh, Valley that was uh, once one of the, what's probably the most, uh, um, verdant or most uh, productive agricultural area suddenly it turned into this high-tech capital and it happened in a ra- rapid rapid rate and it happened as a traditional you know 60s type sprawl thing where people just built out and uh and didn't really build up built out uh transportation was kind of a, an afterthought uh, they did create a, a network of expressways and freeways but what's happened uh as uh more people have been added um there's really nowhere to grow because around the valley, it is a valley, there's mountains, and you really don't want to build on them. And so prices have gone up. It's become very uh, difficult for people um, if they're at the lower income level to live here. And if they're seniors to continue living here, um, they may have a house that's worth a lot of money, but you know, you still have a high cost of living. And maybe as importantly, it's pointing to some of the issues that, uh, ITN America um, it points out uh, it's not easy for them to get around. The public transportation system isn't very good. So we saw autonomous vehicles as a way to perhaps um, you know change change the way things are and be part of a, an overall solution. And uh, we can talk a little bit about the meeting last night and how the city of San Jose um, really kind of led that meeting. Um, and uh, but you know I'll let you. Uh, let you ask any questions, I guess. Well, let's get into the nitty-gritty a bit here as to what took place, who turned out, and, and what went on. Yeah, so the this stemmed from an RFI that the city put out in 2017 with the idea of how could they um, get on the uh, front side of you know this autonomous uh, vehicle. And uh, the RFI was released two years ago, June 1st, 2017, um, in fact, Shireen uh, Santisham, who's the uh, chief innovation officer for the mayor, she had come to our group a couple of years ago, uh, explained what they were doing. 
And the RFI received a total of 31 responses. Um, and in the end, one of the uh, winners, I guess, um, was Daimler uh, slash Bosch. And they're the ones who presented last night. Um, but the idea was they want to uh, start testing a ride hailing service in San Jose between two fairly uh, high trafficked areas. Um, one, this area called the Valley Fair Santana Row area where uh, where the Winchester Knack is, um, it gets between 25 and 30 million visitors a year to these malls and uh, slash mixed use development. And then downtown where the Deardon station is, which is a big, it will be a, a much bigger hub. In fact, some are calling it the uh, Penn Central of, of uh, the West Coast. Um, so the guiding principles in that RFI, I think, uh, align real well with the things you've been talking about, Alan. Um, I'll just quickly go through them. The, they want to promote safety for all users, so safe, you know, safe driving, safe walking, if you will. Uh, reduce the environmental impacts um, from total vehicle miles travel. Uh, build a balanced transportation system. Improve mobility for all, a key point. Create livable communities. And then obtain data for transportation planning. So you had about how many people in the community turn out and uh, what kinds of concerns were expressed and what did they hear from, from, the, from the city and the, and these company and the company? The, uh, the turnout was about 40 people between 40 and 50, really, because uh, I haven't looked through all the details. I know there were some people we didn't get uh, registered uh, and it was, you know, marketed via various channels. And really we were modeling it after uh, what Alan's been talking about, the, you know, how do we create a welcoming environment, one that uh, respects the public roads and, you know, creates a, an environment for testing these things. So we're not doing the pitchforks and, and uh, sending them back home. And that was the, uh, the kind of the basis for what we were thinking this would be. And it turns out the presenters, uh, it was very good. Um, we, uh, we went through our normal business and this will be, there'll be a video uh, of the live stream that we did last night. So it was actually live streamed on Facebook and we'll put it on the website. The first part was our normal business, but one of the initiatives we've been looking at is, is how do we actually cover the freeway? And I bring this up because we see um, the ability to kind of bridge, uh, you know, these gaps in the freeway, there's air rights could be valuable. And particularly when you get, um, uh, things like a low-speed autonomous shuttle, suddenly you could create those as transportation hubs and use this freeway network I referred to earlier. And with the low-speed autonomous shuttles, you suddenly might be able to help that uh, 85-year-old uh, grandmother who is kind of housebound now get to somewhere else in the community uh, or, you know, the worker who can't afford uh, anything more than a bicycle. And so uh, we started off with... Uh, Talking about that uh, and what we've been doing, we're uh, in talks with the city and with Caltrans to to make something happen there. And, and this has been done at other places. But that led to uh, Jill North. And Jill is, um, let's see if I have her title. She's with the uh, San Jose's Department of Transportation. She's the Innovation Program Manager. And Jill is the one who, you know, laid out the guiding principles, talked about the RFI, and Again, you know, she says that the testing for the AVs in San Jose, they're doing it with a purpose. And again, they want to say uh, solve, you know, issues of safety, mobility, equity. And again, I think when she was talking about equity, it was, you know, how do you make mobility affordable for all? 
um, and then sustainability. And, uh, you know, of course, that's a, a huge issue in California and how do you reduce vehicle miles traveled and reduce pollution and so forth. One of the other things she pointed out, though, is that this also offers an opportunity to get data that the city otherwise wouldn't have, you know, in terms of where is the traffic, uh, the congestion points and that sort of thing. And so that's part of the RFI. There is some uh, data sharing. And I actually I have some other uh, uh, points that she made out a little bit later. Ken, what I would, what, what we're trying to have similar type meetings around here associated with uh, with providing mobility and improved quality of life, but we're really focusing on on the kind of uh, mobility that is uh, mobility as a service rather uh, than uh, the do-it-yourself mobility that we've all enjoyed. And by do-it-yourself mobility, I mean that uh, we're the ones that are responsible for going out and acquiring the vehicle that we then uh, keep very close uh, to our to our, our bosoms and, um, and keep to ourselves and ride by ourselves and then uh, use the, uh, the publicly available streets uh, to then go fight fight for capacity and 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 and, uh, and to go to places as opposed to uh, uh, mobility as a service where basically um, uh, it's an entity that is providing uh, this mobility uh, it's uh, it's an it's an uber and a lyft but a again if we want to be able to get the, the the cost of this thing down it has to be driverless uh, otherwise, uh, uh, many of us can't afford to uh, pay for a chauffeur, and uh, and of course, Uber and Lyft drivers deserve to be paid as uh, well-paid uh, uh, chauffeurs. Uh, so uh, you know, and and that's the struggle. And and, and I would hope that a, that a test is really a test in terms of of how do we uh, how do you provide this mobility out there? Uh, is the mobility really serving uh, to improve the quality of life of folks? Uh, are we able to get the ride sharing where, in fact, if we can ride share, uh, that really then uh, helps it make it more affordable? Or is that um, are, are people just not willing to to be close to each other uh, and is that is that what they're testing or are they testing lidar uh i mean or whether or not uh, the deep learning algorithm really is going to see a pedestrian and stop uh, what is it that 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 uh, that daimler and bosch uh, claim they they're going to be testing out there um, because if it's testing of the technology um, um to me that's pretty boring yeah, you know, I think you'd have been excited about this, Alan, because they focused on the ride hailing app and really ride sharing. Um, they are actually going to, uh, uh, as much as the uh, they'll have regular, you know, uh, sensor uh, outfitted vehicles, they're going to have a fleet of traditional manual vehicles, he said, and it's, it's to learn what they need to learn uh, in terms of uh, the ride hailing aspects of so it. Is, so it and, really so is to deliver the mobility as a service and deliver that efficiently, effectively, uh, potentially at a low cost. If you can extrapolate out there, hey, the the sensors are free, uh, the computers are essentially free because of Moore's law, and and now we're able to deploy a, a fleet of these things out there and uh, do it twenty four seven and not have to worry about the labor component. Is is that what they? I, is that what they? focused on I, I hope so yeah I mean the first group that they're working with you know because you can imagine um, 
I, I certainly want to be in that test group and, and driving around in it, but they're uh, talking to groups like the National Federation of the Blind um, because they want to go to those people who have the greatest need. Uh, and there were quite a few seniors in the audience. Uh, in fact, probably the majority of the audience were probably over 60. Um, and so there was, you know, uh, uh, people expressed a desire to have this kind of uh, ride-sharing service. Um, so I, I think that so pe- seemed so to be what they were focused on. So, so people were raising their hands saying, here we are, here, look at us, uh, come provide us service. In fact, here's my address. And- and here's where my hairdresser's address is, and here's the library that I like to go to, and and the senior center, and so on. So, so is is that what happened, or or or? Um, yeah, there was like actually that? there was actually one guy who said, "Hey, we've got a community of 374 seniors. You know, what do we have to do to be part of this?" Right. So uh, there was actually someone who said that um, the questions were generally pretty positive. I mean. Uh, one um, community member asked the question and I, I think he was asking a different question. Than I thought he was asking, but he was asking a very good question when you would ask, you know, what is, uh, what are the different autonomous vehicle companies uh, doing to share information? And I thought it had to do with uh, data sets and that sort of thing. But as we got into the question a little bit more, he was more concerned about, you know, cars being able to talk to each other and uh, and drive real close and so forth and, you know, reduce congestion. But I, I thought it was a pretty sophisticated question. It's, oh. it's, it's, it sounds very encouraging. And, and, and uh, you know, I'm certainly thrilled that, that Bosch and Daimler, you know, uh, found the resources to, you know, to, to, to participate in, in, in the discussion that, that you had there. There was food too, right? The, you got, people got fed for coming out. It was uh, New York, uh, New York pizza and uh, from an authentic New York pizza that's here in Silicon Valley. New York pizza in Silicon Valley. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I think yeah, we I think want, we want and, and we want California food in New Jersey or something. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> One of the things Mercedes has said they're focused on is figuring out what the needs are so they know what kind of vehicles they need to build. Um, you know, do they have, and they did say that eventually the, you know, they see the steering wheel coming out and, and that's the whole purpose of this. So they uh, can test and understand how people would use this, understand the app, you know, they'll have a ride hailing app and understand how it, it, it needs to work. Yeah, I think that that's that's a good part of the testing. I I don't think it's necessarily completely obvious. Nor nor are we getting uh, all the information uh, and experience uh, from um, uh, Uber and Lyft. Uh, certainly, Uber and Lyft are are are, are indicating. Uh, at least uh, what one aspect of the ride hailing demand is for for mobility as a service. Um, uh, but because of the limitations, uh, one of, of price, two of of the the real uh, um, non uh, ride sharing um, uh, emphasis uh, associated with that, and that comes from uh, you know really a couple of things. One. Uh, uh, the 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 demand is such that uh, that it it is uh, it is still only for 
less than one percent of the trips, and and therefore uh, that demand, the opportunity for ride sharing, isn't uh, what it could be if there if the demand was stronger. But also there there's a real reluctance um, uh, for the drivers uh, to serve uh, uh, two people instead of one, and and much of that um, that. Um, uh, Reluctance is is due to to the the, the revenue sharing aspect uh, that uh, Lyft and, and Uber has instituted, in which in which they really don't provide a, a financial a much of a financial incentive uh, to the driver uh, to to serve more than one rider at a time. And and I think that's really unfortunate in the in the in the business model that uh, that uh, Uber and Lyft have put in. Uh, but at least um, there with drivers, one has has obtained a great deal of information as to where people want to come from and go to. Uh, sort of on, uh, on this uh, on-demand mobility as a service, uh, basically available almost um, any time of the day. Uh, which is at least what one of the the autonomous taxi um, uh, initiatives uh, uh, is try is striving or would be striving to achieve. Uh, so it's good that they're focusing on that, as opposed to um, again this um, this uh, do-it-yourself mobility that we've been that we've been having for um, I guess in some sense. Uh, uh, since day one, uh, where uh, we go out and we purchase our own vehicles and uh, we're responsible for it. Uh, whether or not we're driving, uh, we're responsible to pay attention to make sure if the thing becomes uh, starts falling apart that we're there ready to save the day. Uh, and if something happens, we're on the hook for it. Uh, we're the ones that are that have to carry the insurance and and pick up the tab and and make things right. Um, and uh, you know the, the and that's the business that the uh, OEMs and the car industry has been in for over a hundred years and has done very well. Uh, not this mobility as a service where it's basically a a more level playing field for mobility for everybody. So anyway, um, uh, to have that in our communities, that mobility as a service, the opportunity to to go from basically where we are to some other places where that service might be offered uh, uh, simply by hailing at one form or another uh, and um, and uh, having it appear and it be an affordable and um, and um, efficient and all the other things is I guess the, the world that some of us are trying to uh, to achieve and, and create. Ken, did you get a sense of uh, how many vehicles they're talking about and when this might start? Yeah, the it'll start soon. Um, I, like the next uh, six months or less, I think the um, the number of vehicles I don't know. Um, I wish I would have asked that question. There was um, a really insightful question, I thought, uh, from one of the audience members asking if uh, Mercedes-Benz is going to be one of those service providers like a Lyft or an Uber. And, and of course, the answer on that was, uh, you know, they uh, are evaluating all options, right? And so uh, I, I think that still has to be played out. Yeah, I, I think I think that you know that's about the only answer they could give. If it's if it's a good business, uh, they'll be in it. If it's not a good business or doesn't fit what they're what they do, and they'd rather just uh, you know create uh, the technology and the vehicles and let 
let uh, an Uber or a Lyft or a DD or a Waymo or a, a who knows whom or a Paul Kornhauser confab. Let it be what it, what it would be, right? Well, one, one of the key things here, uh, Alan and Ken, is that this meeting actually took place, that they're out in front letting the community know what's going on, answering questions before there's a vehicle out there on the road. And that, Alan, I know is really important. Well, that's what I think is important. I, I think it's important for, uh, for, for all those that are participating in this to basically um, uh, create a welcoming for this uh, in in the community, and and the welcoming is not just from the from the people high above, the governor and the mayor and the head, whatever, and da 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 da, da uh, but from the from the not only the people who one would hope would be the customers for this business. Uh, but also because uh, these vehicles are uh, ha- are going to have to come from communities and go to communities. Otherwise, uh, where do the people come from that, that use them? Um, that means they go through these communities. And, and, um, and, uh, in, and going through some communities, uh, yes, uh, those, uh, those uh, uh, streets, those neighborhoods, uh, would include some of the users, uh, but may not include some of the users. And, and yes, these are public uh, roadways, uh, but um, I don't know. Um, maybe it's just in New Jersey. Um, um, I think I, you know, I, I t- at times think I own part of uh, Cleveland Lane that I live on, and um, and I think uh, I think a lot of people that live on streets um, feel that they um, that that is part of the uh, of their of what they own, even if they're just renters or or so on. It's part of their community, and I think it's important uh, that that those folks buy in early and 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 are welcoming and and that they're asked what what would be good for you um and, and we know that this is important because of not in my backyarders uh you know uh, the nimbies uh, when they come out in the public meetings they shut everything down if they haven't uh, if they if they don't like it right they they do a lot of barking and uh, you, and, and you, they you do a lot of barking <laughs> and 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 uh, guess what uh people then then respond to that barking and 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 so you know to be to be able to uh to to uh, uh, uh not only not to prepare them, but to understand what is it in there for them. There has to be something for them. They can't all just be giving, and so that one has to make sure that 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 in fact they see this as valuable. They see this as an opportunity to to uh, to improve the environment and improve mobility for others as well as themselves. And if it's not. Then, then we shouldn't even bother trying. You know, as an example, you highlight a piece uh, in the latest newsletter from the Times on some residents on Central Park West going to court when the city took away some parking spaces to establish uh, a mile-long bike lane. 
I mean, it's not, we're not talking about the, the vehicles here, the autonomous vehicles, but same kind of principle. Yeah, I mean, geez, isn't everybody in favor of bike lanes and people biking? Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, well, the question is, is all of a sudden, um, yeah, but if you're going to go into somebody's neighborhood, um, I think you have to respect it and, and you're going to change it even just a little bit. Um, you should be talking about the, the, with those folks about that change to make sure that that uh, there's something in it for them, or that they see it as a good thing. And, and maybe there in New York, all it would have needed it was to get all the residents and say, hey, "Look, you know, don't you realize the bicycles really help New York City and so on and so forth?" And and maybe you know, why don't you help out here? I I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what's involved. Uh, or, you know, how you should put it. That, that's why this is so difficult. Here we have a technology, you know, really a scientific type of thing, uh, you know, a nuts and bolts, numbers, equations, the whole bit, typical straightforward stuff that then goes in and interacts with society, with perception, with how people, individual, uh, you know, and average people, person on the street is going to react to it and 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 this isn't going to be something that's going to be stuffed down their throat we're not a totalitarian government five-year plan that uh, that the that the poobahs at the at the top are going to bring down and promulgate on all of this and say hey we're going to be better off from it or at least i hope we're not at that 1984 level and 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 so therefore it it has to it has to include the community and what i liked about this meeting and 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 what ken and and and, and his group has put together is that it's a meeting at the community level and and involving um, the people in the community and there's just and, and that's a very very difficult and 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 expensive and 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 um, and 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 hard thing to do, but it it, it that absolutely needs to be done. Ken, uh, this uh, granted granted this was Silicon Valley, Ken, but uh, still, you're saying the reception was overall pretty friendly. It was, and I I want I was I'd be remiss if I didn't thank Alan for uh, four years ago. It's four years in November. He came out and talked. He and Shannon McDonald came out and talked about autonomous vehicles and their potential impact on the built environment and on everything. And that was a well-intended meeting. And we have that recorded. It's up on the WNAC website. And in fact, I referenced that last night in the opening comments and, and uh, talked about the horizontal elevator and imagine, you know, people <laughs> to imagine that. Um, but, so it's been a multi-year process in one sense, right? And I, I really have to thank you, Alan, again, for, uh, you know, coming out that evening. Well, I, I think you're welcome, and I think it's, but I think it's really important because it, it's it's important to have again this welcoming, uh, all up and down the food chain here, N not only at the top, at the middle, but also at the grassroots, because in the end, this is mobility at the grassroots. Uh, this is mobility for you know. For people, this is improvement of fundamental quality of life, and and it should include them. and And some of us, you know, in the, in the, in the technology of all this, you know, 
we kind of uh, go off on, on our own little tangent out there. And of course, we think that we have the, the, uh, the solution for everybody. But, but in the end, um, for it to be a solution for everybody, everybody has to be able to chime in and say, hey, here, look at my perspective on this. Look at how it affects me. Look, how about doing something for me? I mean, we reached out and we got a very, very small portion. The challenge will be reaching out to the other 100,000 people in this area, right? And how do we get engage them? So it continues yes, work. Absolutely. It is an enormous challenge. You know, people have better things to do uh, wherever they are on the economic ladder right? or the, uh, the um, uh, um, physical ladder. And, and, um, and uh, so this is challenging, but I think it, it is important because, in fact, uh, mobility is is uh, is proportional to quality of life, uh, but maybe in Silicon Valley it's not. All all you all of you want to do is put on the uh, the virtual reality glasses and <laughs> stay in the basement. Whatever I don't know. But but, but 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 over here in Jersey, man, we're we we like to get out. <laughs> all right. Well, we, we've got some other stories to, to touch on quickly. Uh, Waymo is bringing some of its autonomous vehicles to Naples and Miami, Florida for testing in heavy rain, uh, maybe even hurricanes. Uh, don't get much of that where they've been in, in Arizona, I guess. Uh, yeah, right. And, and I think some rain is what they should test in. Whether or not these vehicles have to operate in a hurricane, I don't think so. That should not be on the top of the list of Waymo. It's, I, you know, save your money. All right. These things aren't going to operate in a, in, in, a, in a hurricane and they're not going to be the savior of mobility during a hurricane. All right. So uh, forget about that. And, I'll, I'll and, translate it. Alan wants you to come to New Jersey instead. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I want you to come. right. Of course, I want them to come to New Jersey. That's where the, that's where the market is. That's where the real business opportunity is for them. Uh, they have some business opportunity in Miami, too. But hey, look at Jersey. And Waymo is saying it's going to provide outside researchers free access to some of its self-driving data. This is an interesting step, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, they've they've spent all the money labeling all these images and so on. Uh, and uh, people who are certainly doing the deep learning stuff or and whatever are doing image recognition, or you know, want to you know want access to that. And uh, in that, uh, while I haven't gone through the details, I do put it put the uh, location and for people to go out and, and, and be able to get it. Um, hopefully it includes also the LIDAR data and and uh, the associated data structures uh, so and the labeling that's associated with the with the uh, LIDAR and, um, and radar data uh, associated with that. Uh, but certainly the image data is there and I, it, it's great. They, of course they should. Um, um, hey, uh, uh, I think that will help everybody. It'll even help uh, help Waymo in the end. Uh, it's it's really not just the data that are important. It's it's then the algorithms that then that then eat uh, that data or those data and then uh, uh, come out and and basically tell you what's going on. And um, uh, that's the important piece. 
And maybe some of your students, you'll you'll be having them take advantage of this, or absolutely. <laughs> and I think it comes right in time, and and they do have it uh, well documented. The site looks pretty good. I've gone I've gone through it, and um, and I, now I have to you know change a few of my lectures. Now I'm going to have to <laughs> you know throw the students at it and see see what we can really grab out of it. Terrific. In the latest newsletter, Smart Driving Cars newsletter, you had a few things to say about a recent Washington Post headline that read, Five Myths About Autonomous Vehicles. Uh, yes, and uh, I guess the fundamental comment with that is, is um, uh, there's probably more of a myth in the introductory sentence that says uh, that focuses on safety, because, of course, uh, you don't need autonomous vehicles for safety. You don't need to take your hands off the wheel or, or, or feet off the pedals. All you need is an automated emergency braking system that actually works. And, and, and works in, in essentially uh, more situations and, and more domains than, than the systems that are currently working and has a, a lane keeping system that keeps you in your lane and, and has a, a system to be able to basically uh, uh, sense uh, the, uh, the approaching of, of pedestrians and, and other objects uh, that may, that may uh, intrude into your lane and have you stop. And that has nothing to do with uh, any of the autonomy business. And so, uh, uh, you know, the, the safety piece, that's what we need. Now, if we really want to provide, uh, now with respect to the other myths, uh, the other myths aren't myths if we, um, if we uh, get the driverless. If we really provide, as we've been talking about earlier, mobility as a service uh, and uh, and, uh, and and shared mobility and all the other things and do it uh, affordably and um, and uh, somewhat ubiquitously, uh, then none of the, the myths are myths. They are absolute myths if we don't get the driverless, if we say in self-driving in which we're providing, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, do-it-yourself mobility. If uh, if we have to still go to uh, uh, a car dealer and buy a vehicle, but hey, now it's going to do some of the steering for us, and it's going to hit the, the the gas and the pedal and the brake pedal for us every once in a while, and we can you know um, uh, stay in our in our uh, single occupant car uh, leisurely and and so on and so forth, and and that's you know that drive it yourself uh, or do it yourself mobility uh, aspect where we're the ones that are responsible for that mobility and for getting and going uh, from A to B. And if anything happens, uh, you know, uh, make it, uh, make it whole. Um, then of course, all those things are myths because vehicle miles traveled are going to go up. The environment's going to get hurt by it. Uh, congestion is going to get worse, uh, blah, blah, blah. So uh, it, it depends what you're talking about. And so um, anyway, that's what I think about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's sprinkle a little Tesla in. Uh, Tesla. <laughs> yeah, we always have to talk about Tesla. <laughs> this week, they unveiled more details about the, their AI chip design. Two chips for redundancy in each computer. Yeah, great. I, I'm glad we have two things that are the same thing doing the same thing. Uh, and as long as they agree, uh, supposedly we're all happy. 
the only problem with having the, the, the two things of the same thing do the same thing is that um, if one is making the mistake, um, the other one probably is too. And now you have two things making the same mistake. And you've now uh, made the assumption that if they both agree that you're all okay and whoops, uh, but whatever, that's, I guess that's a detail. Ooh. In the meantime, <laughs> Tesla has postponed its planned price increase for its full self-driving package. That's what they call it until an update that will include the smart summon feature. Um, and that's supposed to be September, October in that time frame. And Alan, you were a little annoyed by this whole idea. Well, I I think it's way too early to to, to do a smart summoning. Um, you know, I guess they they have it now. In some sense, you can move your 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 Tesla um, at least a, a few feet uh, from your uh, from your driveway to your to your garage without anybody in it. Uh, you know, sort of remote controlling, operating it, or letting it do its thing in a very short distance. And I guess as far as I'm concerned, as long as it's on your private property, you can do whatever the heck you want with it. You can have it do cartwheels if you want or, <laughs> or donuts. I, what do I care? That's it's your property. Uh, the 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 real potential fear. Uh, I don't know if it's fear, but would be really unfortunate if somebody all of a sudden started uh, using this on some public roadway. And, um, and of course, we always have our, our typical 13 year olds who have nothing better to do than try to hack into something. You know, how long is it going to take, uh, you know, some 13 year old uh, to hack into <laughs> their parents uh, Tesla and have it uh, go down Cleveland Lane. And if that happens, uh, you know, I'm going to go nuts. Uh, but, um, uh, but um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's playing with fire and we don't need this and we're not far enough along and and even anybody who buys a tesla is is ill prepared to accept the responsibility of a a a a uh, of, of something that they own in which they aren't in close proximity of to go down some public uh, thoroughfare and uh, be responsible for whatever happens as that thing goes down that public thoroughfare. Um, it's, it's somewhat amazing that we're responsible enough when we're present within the vehicle and in the presence of the vehicle. Uh, uh, letting it go out there and um, just uh, go there without us, um, I don't think we're there yet. But, mm, Again, that's just me. Maybe the rest of the world is. But I guess if you if you announce a feature like that, people look at it and say that's pretty cool, and they want one. Maybe it helps to sell vehicles. That's the way I suppose Tesla's looking at it. Yeah, geez, we're so dying to be cool. I mean, you know, <laughs> really, this is how we want to be cool. Hey, I can then, I can then send my Tesla uh, over to uh, to In and Out Burger and pick up my burger and bring it back to me. I'm trying to put things in context that Ken would understand. You know, <laughs> we don't have In and Out Burgers in Jersey, so <laughs> whatever. The whole NIMBY thing about In and Out, ironically, in our area, so we won't go there. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. So I. You know, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I, I, look, is that really what we want to do? I, I mean, these vehicles are supposed to provide mobility for people to to go from from 
from where they are to where they'd like to be to improve their quality of life. Okay, only reason we travel is because we want to go be someplace at, at a certain time where it's better than where we are currently. Otherwise, we'd stay where we are and put on the virtual reality glasses. <laughs> well, sort of speaking of that, the Star, Starship Technologies, uh, maker of autonomous sidewalk delivery robots, has raised $40 million. They've deployed at the University of Pittsburgh and Purdue and they plan to reach 100 schools within two years. Great. So now we're going to have these little remote-controlled <laughs> thingies going out and delivering In-N-Out burgers to our dorm rooms. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, you know, I, I, who, who would have thought? I, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's all about, I mean, is nobody cooking anymore? I mean, whatever, but maybe... <sighs> Uh, whatever I don't know. Sure. So you're not you're not going to you're not going to you're not going to pitch for Princeton to be one of these schools. <laughs> I, 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 when I come to my office, I stay in my office. I don't you know I don't as I look down if as I look down Shapiro Walk, I can just see them you know going down Shapiro. We have whatever I don't know. <laughs> and another acquisition by DoorDash buying Scotty Labs. A bit confusing, though, when they when they talk about autonomous deliveries and remotely controlling vehicles kind of in the same breath, which is what <laughs> Scotty Labs has been working on. Yeah, I know. Scotty Labs. Yes, I, I think having the ability to uh, remotely control a vehicle, I'm sure Waymo has it. OK, one of those things breaks down. Uh, they are to a certain extent, somebody remotely will be able to go in there and and move it to the side of the road. To sit there and do the whole uh, trajectory uh, I, I, and sit there and avoid all the other, you know, people on Lime scooters and, uh, and, um, and bicycles and electric bikes and cars and trucks and whatever, uh, and doing that remotely, um, uh, I don't know. I think it's a heck of a lot easier doing it with a with a drone in an airspace where there's nothing else and hopefully it's flying higher than the trees are tall so that it doesn't run into the trees but whatever i don't know um it's beyond my pay grade <laughs> and finally from the half-baked stuff that probably doesn't deserve your time section of the newsletter the segway nine bot group in china has unveiled scooters that drive themselves to charging stations. There again, uh, they're not driving themselves. Uh, what they have is remotely, apparently operated uh, scooters, uh, uh, segways. Now, instead of with two wheels, with three or four wheels, uh, you know, running down to wherever it dropped. Uh, I dropped the darn thing off to go then find a. a um, a, a charging station or go someplace where the next person might see it. I mean, whoa, um, um, I don't know. Uh, seg holes were tough enough to take. <laughs> I, I don't know if uh, if uh, driverless seg holes are gonna, uh, I, 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 I just don't know what to say. Uh, I, I enjoy people. I mean, th this is all so much fun. Well, I'm envisioning these these vehicles, the the DoorDash vehicles and the sidewalk delivery robots and the and the Segways 
ganging up on you, waiting outside your door. I'm telling you, I mean, I won't be able to walk. I mean, what are walkers? I think they're called side walks. Okay. When the hell did they, be, they become side segway? Seg hole way. I, I, I don't even know what to call. I don't know. Let them get find their own space. I, <sighs> and on that note, that wraps up this edition. We want to thank Ken Pyle for joining in. Ken, where can folks get uh, get to all of your great content? Viodi dot com. Viodi dot com. And thank you, Fred and Alan. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ken, Fred, it's always fun, or at least we're trying to make this fun. It is serious business, though, um, uh, and so we shouldn't forget that. Well, you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and more, wherever you get your podcast. You can ask your smart speaker to play us. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks so much for listening. Great. Have a great day.